0: Have no fear of missing out. The shows about FOMO. Your host is Brian Fanzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now your host, I Social Fans.
1: Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. My name's Brian Fanzo host of FOMO fans curing your fear of digital marketing missing out and I've been kind of teasing on this show about bringing some guests on uh, to uh, FOMO fans not only so you guys don't get sick and tired of just listening to me talk for 35 minutes but I really do enjoy kind of debating I enjoy uh, interviewing people on different topics and so on this episode episode uh, number 67 that you're listening to here on FOMO fans we're going to kind of talk about all the the the, I'd say state of the Union uh trying not to get political here, state of the Union of social media, and this has been kind of a crazy week uh kind of leading off of social media marketing world that uh two one of my guests and I were both at uh, uh weeks ago and and the other one was actually the other guest that I have on the on the show is actually the one that got me to social media marketing world the first uh to kind of kick this off, but we're gonna talk a lot about like what's going on with this facebook delete drama some of the youtube features have been rolling out twitter's got a whole bunch of stuff going in all different directions which just really means it's another day in the life of twitter because we never know which direction <laughs> they're going but they're profitable for the first time which is something new for them but we're going to talk a little bit about all that kind of stuff instagram profile updates so i, I decided to bring two of my uh, my close buddies on to kind of debate the topic, share their view and insights on it, and hopefully uh, add some unique commentary to uh, this. And I'm going to call this show kind of Blab Style. And those that listen to this know that I, I miss and love Blab. Part of the reason the Blab was amazing as a live streaming platform is that we could just go live and then your friends or or people that you you know uh were connected with in the industry could just pop on live and you would debate it like a, a talk show. And this this time I got two guests. We're gonna kind of do that same part. So um, but before we get into the exact topic, I wanna uh let each one of them just going to intro yourselves, let us know what you guys are doing now, um, and we will go from there, Mr. Vincenzo Landino, uh, Mr. Meerkat Karaoke. If you want to go first, uh, give us a little <laughs> intro.
0: What am I doing right this second? I am setting up uh, an iPhone and I'm watching basketball. But more importantly, I'm here with you, Brian. Um, yeah, on a daily, I run my Creative Studio Aftermark, and I'm a first-time Instacart user today. Fun fact. <laughs>
1: Awesome, and, and and we and you guys that that is the voice of my intro music on this show. Uh, Vincenzo was nice. And- Have no fear of missing out. Damn, I there. On, on the marks. That was all him, and uh, he does some great stuff. You guys always hear me plug uh, Aftermark Studios with him and his uh, his you beautiful do. wife uh, Amy, and so he's one half of that uh, awesome entourage there. But uh, Vincent Orlex, I got a Vincenzo and a Vincent. Vincent, go and introduce, introduce yourself. What? Are, what where your, you're at a new spot now, right?
2: Uh, for work, I am. Uh, our our little agency, Brandish Social Media Marketing, got acquired, and um, I stayed on with the new folks at Attic Salt uh, nice. Branding as social media director, so uh, we're taking the branding, the fantastic branding work that my business partner, Ronnie Swice and the team uh, does, and then my my charge will be to take it and move it into the social media aspect in ongoing fashion, and move it into the marketing side and, and make the most of it.
1: Sweet, I love it. And so, you know, both of you guys, since I probably, you know, like uh, in the in the last year, you both have kind of taken on new companies, new roles, which is is exciting. But you guys, you know, you're also very focused on you know certain areas of social media. But I I always look at you. We have a we have an amazing for the audience here. Uh, we have an iMessage group chat between the three of us that. Uh, in my opinion, probably more social media gold, also a little bit of shit talking uh, in, in the world goes on between the three of us uh, every single day. And it's kind of the nice part about having, uh, I'd say friends in low places is maybe the wrong way to go with that, but uh friends <laughs> friends that have been in the game for a long while, a little bit of context, uh, Vincent Orlick was actually someone that I worked with uh, a week after my last full-time job at the data center. He ran social media in that team. I wanted to just be like him and uh, And I, I tell you he he brought me into the social media marketing space uh, before anybody knew who I was, and was a big reason for getting me involved in this space and Vincenzo and I became really close friends thanks to uh, live video and kind of we not only grew a friendship through a live video but a lot of the work we did together. I also happened to uh, be the one that connected him with his uh, his beautiful wife when uh, he was single, and I had a, a great single friend. And Amy. And I'd say that, that is all history. Now they are happily married. And I know Amy has left him home alone since so she's out uh, at a bachelor party for another good friend of ours, Jess. So shout out ba- to bachelorette Jess. Party. Oh,
0: bachelorette party. She's not the
1: entertainment at oh, a bachelor
0: party. Let bachelor me just party. be clear
1: <laughs> there. <laughs> party she might is the at a bachelorette
0: now. party in Austin while I'm here in um, Columbus. But I will say this. I don't know if Vin and, and I are qualified enough. I mean, talk about social media we've never worked for a big brand or anything
1: <laughs> and there's dignity i, I, mean, uh,
0: I know I have, i'm kidding i have a little <laughs> bit. i have as Not- well but i just had to say it so
1: it's and and I want to thank everybody, we're, billion we're live, dollar live on Facebook Live. Oh, live. right, a
0: billion-dollar brand, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. billion-dollar
1: brand. Uh, we're live on Facebook Live, live on Periscope for those that are, are, are tuning in. And I do see Adam Buchanan is actually watching from uh, on a Delta airplane on his way back from IBM Think. So, uh, Adam, thank oh, you for oh, watching. Nice. For- 30,000 uh, feet up in the air. Very cool to see you there. Uh, what's up, Carlos? Uh, Carlos Phoenix, I see uh, Jane Stewart, uh, good friend Julia is in the house as well. Uh, Cara Lambert, uh, Sandra, thanks to everybody for tuning in. We're actually recording this live uh, later in the evening, nine o'clock, so I do have a nice beer, sour monkey from Victoria. Uh, Not here. Uh, no, it's, yeah, and, and Vincent, Vincent's in, in Phoenix, where I used to live, and Vincenzo is in Columbus, Ohio, and he's actually drinking some Fiji water. But, all right, enough about the, the backstory and the intro here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the, the weirdest, craziest news that, in my opinion, took o- off way more than I thought it even would or should, um, has been this Facebook delete drama or the Facebook analytic selling off the data information. Um, it's kind of taken off. And the best part is my Facebook feed is full of marketers asking if they should be deleting Facebook, which to me just means they don't have enough going on in their world that they're posting on Facebook about deleting Facebook. But uh, I'm not going to get into each, like the dive into the, the details of this. If you are listening to this show, you probably know enough uh, about the basics of it, of, of pretty much, you know, Mark Zuckerberg put out a, a very interesting, uh, press release or Facebook update yesterday, kind of taking responsibility for the misuse of some of the data that one of their partners used. And we don't really know the exact details of where that data went. Um, uh, in my opinion, this is a whole bunch about nothing. I mean, the idea that we, you know, if, if we think about it this way. Nobody pays for Facebook. Nobody's mandated to be on Facebook. If you don't like how Facebook's using your data, you feel like they're violating your privacy. Guess what? Don't use the freaking platform. Like, and that's how I approach this. I, I, I really do get a little bit uh, frustrated with people that like to just complain about nothing or complain about stuff that they have the option of. Of kind of taking the approach, like if you don't want people to use your data, set up your privacy settings to where it doesn't allow that. Just because of the individual's ne- negligence, is it it's, it's, is it Facebook's problem? Now, Facebook should be transparent. And there's a lot of that stuff. But you know, I, I'll start with Mr. Orlick there in uh, Phoenix. What are your thoughts? I mean, you're you were more the Facebook guy than I was when we first met. You were huge in the Facebook ads, working with Facebook small business. You've done a lot in that space. What were your thoughts on like just the drama, or what are your opinion on this whole delete Facebook and what's going on? It's always,
2: it's always funny to me uh, that whenever this comes up, because so this time feels like a bigger event, right? It feels like there's more people that are talking about, I'm going to delete my Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this, this is not the first time that people have talked like this every couple of years, probably, at, at, at very least, this happens. Um, it's always kind of funny. I, I can tell you, as someone that's been on Facebook, myself personally, since 2008, Or nine, um, roughly a decade. There's so much of my life that is on Facebook. I will not ever delete Facebook. I will. I get people that are like, "I'm not using the app. I'm taking the app off my phone." Right, but I. I don't think anybody is actually going into their Facebook profile and deleting their profile that has like a true vested time and interest. My my kids, my family, like my, my four-year-old, her sonogram popped up yesterday because I posted it on there. Um, and it came up yesterday as a memory four years later. And it's going to keep coming up. Like memories basically ensures that me and many others, I don't think, will ever truly delete their profile because you're so invested on there. Your life is there. If I can't, I don't even know if I have room, how many terabytes I would have to buy to store all the pictures and videos I have on Facebook. So that's of the question for me, aside from being a marketer, I, I have to imagine a lot of people are in that boat, right? They, When they really think about it, there's too much on there of their life that they would really want to either get rid of, delete, or try to take back. Um, and the, I think this, Enzo, you go next, man, or, or Fanzo. I, I, I think that... I'm just listening what, to you, bro. Dude, blockchain... Not to veer off, but this is where blockchain is gonna happen. Like there's gonna be a platform that comes along that oh, you don't want people to use your data, or you only want certain people to use your data. Okay, it's all it's all encrypted. Like you they have to get your permission to use it. That's that's where it's all going. And this we I wouldn't be surprised if like five years from now we look back at this, not that Facebook will be dead, but five years from now, maybe even two years from now, we look back and be like. Oh, well, this is where kind of things, the genesis was of blockchain and social media and something kind of coming from that. I don't know what's out there being built right now. I, I'm, I would be shocked if there's not something that comes along in a few years. We don't know what it is right now that's on, on blockchain that is the next humongous social media platform.
1: And I love that you brought that up because I mean, this is something, I mean, this is the, the, the you know, it's say interesting, crazy part is that we as a community have been so in, you know, in, involved in this whole idea where we want a free internet, right? We want, do not regulate our internet. Do not take this. You know, we, we, you know, that was a giant thing a couple months ago. And then all of a sudden this data comes out and we're like, why was this not regulated? Why were we not told? And it's like, you can't have both of that. And, and at this moment, the biggest question, and I'll get a little tech geeky here for a second, is that who, who owns customer data? Right now, there isn't really an answer, right? It's like the platform, but the platform's partners pay to have access to it. And because the platform partner misused it, we blame Facebook. But ultimately, it should be the company that violated the API. Because if, you know, this is to me, this is how I look at this as well is that, you know, if your credit card gets stolen, your Visa credit card gets stolen because of a target problem, we blame target, not Visa. But if your data is misused, Of your Facebook data is misused by a brand, we blame Facebook. And it's like, wait a second here, like, who owns our data? And I think blockchain is the answer, right? Blockchain will allow consumers to have a little bit more, quote unquote, control, a little bit more regulation, a hell of a lot more security, a lot less middleman kind of uh, pieces in there. But I also think, you know, in the world we're living in today, if you're if you are overly concerned about your privacy or being targeted by ads or data or information being sent your way that um, based on your location or the information you share, you should probably just unplug your computer from the Internet. The only way you can truly guarantee your data on that computer is not being used is un- turn off the Wi-Fi, unplug it from power. I mean, that's where I'm at on that. But Vin- Vincenzo, what are your thoughts on this whole um you know, is it blown up in your report in your in your mind, or is this kind of something that you know probably needed to come to light at some point?
0: Well, I'm gonna say this um, in in kind of the same vein as what Vincent said, and I'm reading some of the comments as they go, and I think uh, it was uh Jeff Higgins who kind of said exactly what I was thinking, you know, really, it goes back to you know, you do these, everyone does, not everyone, a lot of people do these stupid quizzes. I I mean, I watch my mother, the way she uses Facebook. And it's like, she actually, she came to visit Amy and I, quick little story. And this is, this really, you know, it opens my eyes when I listen to the way normal people, I like to call them normal people, use social media, non-marketers, not like people that aren't glued to this stuff 24 seven. And my mom was like, how come when I go and save a picture on Facebook or I save a video, it posts to my Facebook? And she's like, I said, you're not saving it. You're sharing it. Like (laughs) you're hitting share. That doesn't mean it's going to go to your own page. It goes to every. So like, that's just a little example, you know, of somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. So, and I know my mom plays like, or has played Candy Crush or whatever games on there and you know all these other things through other Facebook, other internet of things, quizzes. Things.
1: Yeah, Internet of Things. Right,
0: right. <laughs> Candy Candy Crush is known as the Internet, the Godfather of the Internet of Things. If you didn't know, <laughs> if no one knew, that's a joke for everybody that's watching and listening who has no idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> okay. But <laughs> but I will say that like when people take these quizzes, they do these things, and they just they just. They just hit yes because they, they want to know they wanna know who which friends of theirs they're gonna marry and kill in the next like five years. I mean, let's be real here. They have to collect your data for something. And so but we understand that and I'm okay with it. I've got a phone that gives you all the information about me, where I am, where I visited, what I've taken pictures of. And I'm okay with that because I understand that it's not really about me, it's about the data. But for a lot of people, this Breach breach, opened their eyes to what apps were actually collecting their data. And I think that's what, you know, to to what you were saying, Vincent, like now there is something, uh, is blockchain, and I'm not versed in blockchain enough to comment on it. I I don't know enough about all that. But is something else uh, that's going to create more security? Will that be the next frontier? Yeah, you know, of course. I read something today about Facebook, and it was like, it said, you know, all these other all these other platforms have died. Like is Facebook really any different? Or died off, or become less relevant? Well, Is Facebook just the same thing? I don't know, I don't think so. I think that the ad platform is still very powerful. I think a lot of their changes that they've made are, are a little knee jerk to, I don't want to get political, but some left versus right type things that have happened. And that's just in the United States a lot of it. I don't know if that's the same thing all over the world. There's another, there's something else you need to think about too. Is this just a U.S. thing where we're seeing like delete Facebook? Does does everyone care about this? Do people in you know Europe give a crap about any of this stuff? I don't know, um, but I will say this: I think the the typical user, the typical avatar that uses Facebook, probably has no idea of that any of this is going on. And I'll I t- I mean I can prove that by making probably five phone calls and asking five different people in five different demographics you know, right now. And they'll all say the same thing. I don't know. What do you well, mean? Let,
2: let me, let me say this. Yes. Yes. And no, I think because it is such a mainstream story and local news and national news is so quick to pick up on. And especially this was election related and all that. This, the yeah. news is, is very quick to pick up on um, this type of a story. And I think that what the general person, like the type of person that you're talking about Enzo is that what they hear is Facebook. Um, uh, my data has been um compromised on facebook like that's and that's it like that's the whole message that they get and all they hear is, well, maybe I'll just delete it and not and even if they don't, they're telling people, oh yeah, i'm not I don't go on Facebook anymore oh I, I deleted it I'm not, I, but they deleted the app right like they they, they
1: deleting the app deletes their yes. data <laughs> but- <laughs> well, that's a good point, so. This, I mean, that's a good underlying, I mean, like, not only education of users, but, I mean, let's face it, I mean, these people aren't creating these trivia games and these quizzes for their own shits and giggles. Like they, they're getting something out of it, which is amazing user data, amazing, you know, let's call call it manufactured engagement. I like to call it kind of like fake engagement for a lot of that purposes. But I also think we, we live in a culture today that we're taking advantage of the fact. And I will challenge every listener, every live viewer that's watching right now. How many of you read your user agreement with anything that you install? I mean, for, for a lot of people, they don't even know that those when you install a new app on your phone, those first three pop ups are enabling your microphone, enabling your photos and enabling push notifications. People just hit that OK button so quickly that they don't even take that into account. Right. And I don't blame Facebook for us as a society for being more willy nilly free willing with our our data. But if we're willing to kind of opt into everything without giving, you know, enough time to even calculate what, what we're sharing. We don't get the, we don't get to be the ones that then complain about what's happening. Cause you know what I love, even if I wasn't a marketer, I like getting ads that actually are relative to me, right? Like there's nothing more frustrating. I was watching it on the NCAA basketball game. Uh, and this is kind of like a long way of getting there, but the NCAA basketball game played a local commercial for Chicago with a Chicago restaurant in, on my feed here in Northern Virginia. And I was like, Dude, I don't even have that restaurant. Like, why are you doing that? And we live in a world now where our ads now even should be customized. And and uh, I know good friend Blake from uh, from Vincenzo's company there. Blake jumped in and had asked a really good question. You know, and I think we'll kind of use this question to kind of finish up this talk on uh, Facebook delete. But you know, education on on data privacy. I think I think the it's even a bigger question than education on data privacy. I would actually argue that the, 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 what we need to think about moving forward around data and privacy as a whole is understanding how to protect yourself, not what, not to share what to share, because I think it's the other way around data privacy. It makes us believe, and I'm a security person to begin with, but like, data privacy makes us feel like we have a lever, right? Like don't share or share, right? It's not that easy. Everything, you know, every time you opt into something, every time you share your email, there's so many things going on. For me, I think it's more about educating people on protecting themselves, right? Like as soon as the Snapchat map uh, functionality came out, the first thing I did was message a bunch of my female friends and said, hey, I know you're single. You live in a city that I would not like it to be known where you're walking to or where you checked in last. I want you to know that this functionality exists it's not for every one of your Facebook, uh, Snapchat followers, but if it's a mutual following agreement, you should be aware of it, right? So I, I think rather than us kind of going overboard with educating on privacy, I think we should educate on how we can be smart with what we share, when we share, and where we share it, because part of the news we're gonna to get to at the end of the show is Snapchat is now pulling out some location data for giving it to brands. Location data for advertising is gold, freaking gold. And it's not going away anytime soon. And us as consumers are are not gonna turn off location services when we have apps like Waze and other things that are going on. But I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on like where we are in the state of Facebook data or data in general? And, well, I, mean, I you went, I'll prior. go So oh, we are no longer talking. We are now being, no, no, no,
2: no, I didn't, I was waiting for, I don't know. I didn't
0: know. So go ahead. Blake hears me all the time. So <laughs> you can answer Blake. <laughs> um, in terms
2: of uh, Blake's question, um, should we teach that type of stuff in middle well, and high school? Ki- you
0: both have kids. So like, this is, this, this is super interesting. I, I don't And like, I have a I,
2: spectrum and I, I have, we have a teenager that's a junior in high school and a four-year-old who's not even, who's generation alpha, allegedly, um, whatever that name will be. Um, so, which actually leads to the, this is the, this is the point I would make about it. Um, the data, our data, like my data, go to town criminals. Like I got nothing. <laughs> I, I, You want to go, gr- my bank account? Well, I'd love to see how far you get, right? Um, seriously, like I, my, and I'm actually just mainly past the point of, not that I don't care about my the privacy of my data security, but um, I'm past the point. Like I've been on Facebook for 10 years. I've been all over, like I've been on every social platform except Vero for, you know, <laughs> however long. And and so my data's out there. I, I've, I've been told this like by people that would know. It's like, well, yeah, someone wants to use your social security, no, they'll get it, like it's whatever. Um, my four-year-old, my seventeen-year-old is probably on the cusp, if at best, um, if not past the point. <laughs> um, the four-year-old, there's a chance for her. Like, there's a chance, like her data. I can, I can still keep her data safe. You know, there's public records from the hospital, she's born at whatever is public, but otherwise, her data is is hers still. So, not to go back to the blockchain, but like. That's where that can come come in just the safety of data, there's hope for the, that that younger generation of the parents now we know, right or some of us knew no we can we will have a way to keep their data theirs and where they'll have the permission, they'll have the, the, the go ahead to give and not the other way around where if you want to use Facebook, you have to agree to the TOS the terms of service. And anytime I hear that, I think of the South Park episode about the human sent iPad, right? I mean, that's, that's the one every time I think of. And it's because it's true. That's why the that episode was like one of the classics is that was true. You agree. You don't read anything. You just, well, yeah, I want to use my iPhone. I want to update my iOS. Of course I'm going to agree. Like what else? What's, what's the option? It's not like there's another option other than sitting there with an unupdated phone that's not going to work very well. So same thing with Facebook, like you just, you would either use it, you're either on Facebook using it, or you're not. There's no, it's binary.
1: As a parent, I know there's a bunch of people that are watching live, they're talking about from the parent side of the house. I do believe blockchain um, has part of this answer from a a little bit of security. But here's the other thing, and this is something I always use this stat, right? The, The number one threat for cybersecurity, for cyber bullying, for people that are hacking your the number one threat is the user itself. It's not the data we're sharing. It's not the platform. So, like, I have three young daughters, right, under the age of eight years old, and for me, I'm worried a lot less with the, the data the apps are sharing. I'm worried a lot more on educating my daughter on what to share, what not to share, what yeah. to say, when to check into something, when not to check in. I think the education has to be on like. Hey, if you were out with your friends and you're posting pictures, maybe it's not a great idea that you're talking about, hey, we're, we're hanging out at the Dairy Queen here after hours because my one friend is closing up the shop by themselves, right? Like that to me is one of those things where you're like, I want to educate my, my daughters when I educate that like the actual user behavior but this is the other part where you can't fix stupid you can't stop people from doing stupid things and you're not going to stop people that have ill will from taking advantage of us right like just like terrorism just like a lot of things that going on we have freedom we have lots of luxuries if we're going to take advantage of them we can't live in a world that we want to take advantage of these luxuries but then freak out when someone uses it for bad i think we just have to we have to just get smarter overall i think it'll be interesting because the hardest part about blockchain will be you know, it's all about us opting in, so it puts a lot of more of the ownership on us as the consumer. I'm not sure if I believe the consumer should be more responsible than you know any of the users as a whole. But um, I want to get into one other thing on Facebook before we kind of jump off Facebook from a uh, a stat uh, idea. And uh, Vincenzo, I want to throw this your way. Um, Facebook rolled out with a kind of announcement; they're going to kind of have a a Patreon type functionality within Facebook creator uh, to kind of allow creators to get an ad revenue share. It's their attempt to kind of start realizing that, they need to stop crapping on the creator. And I've, I've long believed that Facebook is great for brands. They're great for the users. They're great for advertising, but they've never really cared about the individual content creator like, like YouTube did or like some of these other platforms have done a little bit better. Facebook's now coming full circle and they're saying, Hey, we're going to allow the community to start getting donations. They already have that for the gaming community. The gaming, gaming community has like a tip jar when you go live on Facebook Live, when you're streaming a game. But now they're going to try to allow creators to be rewarded. i I think it's a shot at youtube i think it's a uh way too little and way too confusing at the moment but what are your thoughts vincenzo on facebook kind of attempting to come back to the creators and say please we still love you and just because we get all of the money the whole time we want to share a little bit of it with you
0: well they're not really sharing right they're still asking they're still asking the (laughs) the the community to, to pony up the dollars so they're really not uh they're really not the ones that are forking over any dollars. I mean, they're making a lot of money on creators and content that's being used, you know, put out on their platform. So is it a shot? Yeah, it could be, but I think it's just one of those things. It's like too little, I don't want to say too little too late, but it's too little and at the wrong time. And it's also, it just feels like, it just feels like it's really sloppy in my opinion. It's not like a really well thought out. And Listen, you know, because fans of you and I have gone back and forth with anything that Facebook has rolled out. I will be the first one to say, like, I thought, you know, Facebook Live would win the the battle between that and Periscope. And like, I think I was right. But um yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm kidding. No, it's I think a, it's that, a, in the, you know, in the whole in the but, whole oh. scheme of, of all these platforms that are out there, um you know, YouTube is just still doing it right. They're focusing on what they do. They try not to bend too much away from what their overall mission is. I'm not saying they do everything right. I'm not saying everything they, is, that's done on YouTube is, like, is gospel. Let's all bow down to YouTube. But they're doing it the right way. And, you know, YouTube has search. Facebook still doesn't. Um, so uh, Facebook, as a
1: creator. Facebook, can we fix search? Oh, God. Yeah, so I mean Never as happened. a creator, and, and
0: the Never reason happened. I bring search up is because without a search functionality, how does a creator actually build a community, right? Beyond beyond being a celebrity or a you or already a big, you know, having a large following elsewhere, how do you start from zero and really build up as a creator? You can't. You know, they they've cut back on on Page's reach. Not everybody can get access to watch. In fact, I, I think it's nearly impossible to get access to watch, even if you have a solid ideas. Um, so, where, 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 and why do you create content on Facebook? You know, why do I want to put it there? Uh, and then, and then, of course, there's all you know. There's issues with there's still issues with the ads platform. I think, and if you're a newbie trying to use it, like it's not just easy to go and build a community with ads. So you're spending money. So I think it's just a really lazy way to try and get people to to care about creating on Facebook. The right way to do it was the way they kind of started or they they wanted to jump in when Facebook was like, we're going to pay some creators, you know, hard contract dollars. We're going to do all that kind of stuff. I think they just put too many stipulations on it. So that's why it's crashed, but not because they were actually paying. If they really want to do it, they should do it exactly the way YouTube has done it from the beginning. Everybody has an opportunity to create and make money it can be 10 cents but you know 10 cents goes a long way in someone's mindset makes them feel like wow i can make money now you start to trust the platform now you're going to create more once you start seeing hard dollars coming from some you know somewhere you're more inclined to actually want to use it and that's why people use youtube right um i mean my wife obviously uses youtube and and she gets checks from you I mean I see them they're you know they're actual hard checks from YouTube and they're actually getting bigger now because her her channel's growing and she's getting more views and it's like awesome but why because a lot of those people are coming from search it's not just the 130 or 140,000 subscribers she has it's it's search you know it's coming from somewhere else and i think having that ability to know that i can go and create and that i can i can get anybody from anywhere in the world, not just people that follow me, to see it, like that's a rush, like that's huge for me, and so that's why I think Facebook, you know, the Patreon thing or uh, Patreon style giving is it's a crock. I mean, it's not going to make me want to create on just Facebook. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to make you want to create on just Facebook. You're not. You're actually periscoping this while we're at it, right? right. And so exactly.
1: No, it's and and I think I love what you brought up. Yeah. And this, let's face it. Facebook is the king of the copycat game and they do it better than everybody. We, hey, Snapchat, you don't want us to buy it. We're going to take all of your great features. We're going to do them better than you. We're going to roll them out better than you. But then Facebook rolls out stuff that makes no damn sense, in my opinion. They, they roll it out to celebrities. They roll it out to brands. They put out that stupid PR that comes out and says, like, you know, 8% of the user base will now have this features. We're testing it out. Well, like the 8% is so random and it doesn't really help with. Getting the messaging out. I think, you know, we're gonna talk about this next. The YouTube just rolled out a new feature. YouTube did it beautifully. They previewed it at VidCon last year. They talked about it throughout the year. They let some creators talk about it over the last couple of months. And then they turned it on for the entire user base. There's not a lot of confusion about, you know, I never say that YouTube or Google does social media right, but Google seems to do a great job of rolling out feature and functionality in a, in a way that makes sense, where Facebook has not. And then Facebook, like, we realize YouTube has fixed has figured out how to allow creators to monetize I mean the Logan Paul stat was coming out with something where he's you know he's pulling in two million a quarter off of you know uh, off of his YouTube uh, ad revenue I mean why not just copy the exact model that YouTube's doing from a creator perspective and Facebook it rather than rolling out to me like I agree with you on this on uh, half ass one and, and I'm gonna Vincent, I'm gonna send it to your way, and I, you can add a little bit on this. But also, you know, Facebook is rolling out a bunch of new features on Facebook Messenger. They're really pushing Facebook Messenger. Um, I've said it for a long time that I think our news feed and Facebook goes away. The news feed is what Instagram will be, and we're gonna start to see. Facebook turn into an only Facebook group and Facebook messenger platform, which I think might also be why this whole change is happening. But what are your thoughts, you know, Vincent on, on Facebook as a whole with Facebook messenger updates, you know, Facebook live, getting a little bit more data, this Facebook creator, uh Patreon uh, aspect. Like where do you, what are your thoughts on this whole, where Facebook's kind of putting their, their money and attention?
2: Yeah, I, I would just say, first of all, the Facebook Messenger—I don't know—it just feels like it keeps getting more and more noisy. Um, there's just it's so busy. There's a lot of stuff that they keep just kind of throwing in there. I, I've I've always used Messenger to communicate with people, and it's just one of those ways that if people are. It's it's instead of texting, like, you like use that because it's it's easier, it's for whatever reason it's they want to communicate there instead. But now with all this stuff like Messenger Day, when that came out, right? Before <laughs> Facebook stories, um it, I, I still don't really know what's going on with Messenger Day at this point, where that's at, um, if it's if it's exists or mm-hmm. I, I don't know, or if it's just stories now on Face, I can't tell. Um, I will say to, to Vincenzo's point, we, and we've talked about this before with Facebook watch. I, I think it's super interesting because Facebook has a ton of money. They have obviously a, a budget to put towards watch. They have people in charge of it that are, that's all they're doing. Um, they obviously have some sort of strategy that didn't work for a year one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had all these people that exclusive content or, or people that, that did content um, on Facebook watch that they picked and nobody watched it like it people jumped in out of curiosity to start and then it just the numbers go down right A back the backwards hockey stick and i think they're failing in the sense of now they're going towards like creators facebook needs to go the netflix route the amazon route um, also the creator route the youtube like do do that youtube model but also why the heck are they not signing exclusive deals like Netflix is like on Prime with like specific producers, specific actors, specific directors that are hot, like to do? Yeah,, you want to do this Jay Abrams on uh, a platform. Why wouldn't you do it on Facebook? Like
0: yeah.
2: that's the way I would go, like maybe not him, although they I'm sure they could. Like go after these projects like these people and sign exclusive deals where the only place I can see it is on Facebook because that's the only way you're going to get me to watch anything on, on watch is if it's exclusive and it's good.
0: Well, I don't know if I don't know if Blake is still watching, but like he introduced me to uh, not introduced. He was he told me about um, ugly, uh, ugly delicious or something on Netflix. that just yeah, came yeah. out. It's with David yep. Chang. I love it. He's the uh, so good. Yeah, it's been. It's fantastic, right? But yep. the reason I bring that up is, like, there's always content popping up on Netflix. Holy cow. I mean, it is crazy how much original, original content is popping original. up on it's Netflix. It's, it's good. so good. Like, he brought up Ugly Delicious, and I, he was like, are, are you watching Ugly Delicious? I'm like, what? I didn't even know it was out. I mean, I try to stay up to date, but I have my stuff I like to watch and it's hard. It's hard. Whatever. Anyway, they're always <laughs> coming out with stuff. My point is you brought up Netflix. Like Facebook would have such an easy time paying for content. I mean this it's is right. what Netflix is doing right. I mean Netflix is Netflix is going so hard into content. They're in the red every quarter. They're spending billions of dollars on content and they I, people Talk we're talking about constantly talking about this incredible content, and Facebook just—that's what they're missing out. I don't understand how they are; just don't get it. It just seems like they really don't get it.
1: Which is which is um, weird. the watch platform. What's that? No, which is weird too, because you know Carlos uh, Phoenix, who's watching us live right now, just said because Facebook is for short form content. And I will actually say that Mark Zuckerberg is coming out and saying the opposite, right? He wants yeah. the time to be spent on there to be more enjoyable. But when you find a piece of content that you want, I mean, they're they're asking for episodic content. If you have an Apple TV, I recommend you getting the Facebook Video app on your Apple yep. TV. It is amazing. It's one of the best. It's to me, it's the best platform that Facebook's ever rolled out. For whatever reason, they haven't copied it elsewhere. But I watch. I can some Facebook watch content on that Facebook app. And it's amazing for creating, for watching long form content. I agree with you, Vincenzo, the Netflix model of investing. Now, the argument might be that Facebook's pretty good at not being in the red where Netflix has gone all in with all this original content and, and kind of live in, lived in the red. But if they are going to go after replacing, you know, like if we hear this thing where TV's dying and people are switching to digital media, like how does this impact it? Well, I don't, I agree with you guys that Facebook isn't going the right direction. And now we're going to take, I'm going to take this weird segue real quick because, Hey, I got guests that I'm in control of the show. YouTube is going to have the, the, the next rendition of karate kid it's going to be on youtube red now for those that aren't familiar youtube red is kind of youtube's attempt to go after the comcast direct tv uh you know uh i'd say paid uh cable provider satellite dish provider type content where you are getting you know episodic content kind of like a netflix um and the karate kid preview that i watched yesterday i mean I, i wore the karate kid shirt last week at the event we were at i'm All in for some nostalgia. I think it's a, it's a genius play for, for you know, getting everybody that was an 80s kid or, you know, Vincent, you know, those are born in the 70s as well, um, to kind of love that, you know, go back in there. But what are your thoughts on like shows like this living? Because we, we're marketers, we all love in this space, but we also are big fans of video. I mean, Vincenzo, your business is all around produced video and working with amazing, great brands like SAP and doing a lot of these things. What are your thoughts on things like YouTube Red with this karate kid? Is this the play YouTube? I mean, because now, now we almost feel like YouTube figured out how to monetize the creator. Now they're going after Netflix. Facebook figured out how to monetize the brand and advertising. Now they're going after the Netflix of the world. Like, Where does all of this sit with you guys as far as YouTube read and, and doing shows like this next Karate Kid series?
0: YouTube knows that they can operate in their own circle. And, and what's really interesting is that the more can you just do, that, like play their game, all these other attempts are just failing, right? Like left and right, we're seeing a lot of, like no one's getting video right. Like Facebook's not nailing it. Twitter's still not nailing it. Um, Twitch Twitch is getting it, but Twitch is really focused on, on a specific subset. And so YouTube is like here, first of all, when Red came out, I don't watch anything on Red. I'm not, like I tried, there was a couple things I watched. I don't like the fact that they are using create. I understand why they're doing it. I didn't like some of the creator shows. They felt really kitschy and like just cheat. I mean, just, just cheesy, but I can see why. And again, I'm not the demographic for a Logan Paul show with whatever. And, and in high school, but to your point, I think they can absolutely go and create as much content as they want. They can kind of mimic that Netflix model, create content, um, and I didn't hear your entire question because it was like breaking up. So I'm trying to assume what you were asking me, Brian, but they can absolutely keep creating without having to directly attack Netflix. Like maybe they won't go and leverage directors and, and whatnot because they don't have to, they can leverage their creators. They can, they have their own studios that they can do that create it on red. And they have an audience that's built in. And so they've definitely got the distribution. They absolutely have the content And now they can just focus on a little bit of a different type of content. They've already had the content. The content was always there on YouTube. Uh, Actually, Vin, you watched uh, Ugly Delicious. The guy in Japan – no, no, I'm sorry. The guy in Copenhagen, Denmark, in episode one, he was an Italian who, like, lived in Copenhagen, and he was making pizza. And they asked him, how did you build this? He's like, YouTube. He's like, I watched it on YouTube. He learned how to make mozzarella – from his own cows, watching YouTube, right? So like, YouTube's had the content. They have great content. Everyone says they use YouTube. For them to add a portion where it's like original content is is, it's, it's seamless. It's easy. And this is what other the other platforms are not understanding. Once you make the 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 viewer experience so easy, you know the traffic comes.
1: And I agree on that, especially in the sense of where, like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, you know, I pay for Xfinity because it comes with my, um, my internet. But I, you know, I have a Hulu account, I have a Netflix account, I have an Amazon Prime account, right? And if I find if there's a show that attracts my attention, I go to the platform where the show is. I give right. two two licks, which platform I'm logging into, like. And the fact that each cost me nine ninety nine or seven ninety nine, like that also is, you know, and, and for some people that are like that's crazy, think about the fact that we used to pay. $200 for you know direct tv to give us 500 channels where we only watched eight of them now in this model It's really we're we're going and we're getting like three channels, which is netflix hulu and amazon prime And then yeah. they're giving us a bunch of content that we can live in We'll throw in the youtube app, which I have on my apple tv and then I'll throw in the facebook video app To me I look at my tv now and I say I have I technically I have six apps that are six channels that have a whole bunch of different programming on it. And I don't really care which of them has the programming, which is part of the problem why Facebook doesn't have figured out search. I also think you have to, there is a difference between creator content on how to videos versus creator content that is episodic. But I mean, what are your thoughts, uh, Vincent? Um, I, I think, I think it goes back to also the,
2: how people talk about retail and that retail is dying. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Um, <laughs> retail is dying, but re- retail isn't dying. It's shifting, right? It's going. It's it's going. It's out of the mall. It's going to Amazon. It's going online, like right. So with this, TV is not dying at all. TV is not dying at all. In fact, we're in like the second, or I mean, arguably the first, but second golden era of TV with the, t- the the quality of the television shows around the quality of the content, like Netflix alone. If you just had Netflix, you could be good. You could be good with like watching stuff and you would, you wouldn't be able to watch everything on there. Even if you just had that um, add in the others and then the networks, uh, you know, even HBO, um, AMC, like HBO has led the way also with the, the streaming and the a la carte offering that's where it's all going we we kind of all know that um youtube taking it from with youtube whether it's youtube red or youtube tv like i signed up for youtube tv also i i tried the trial 35 bucks a month or whatever i didn't feel like there was still enough on there
0: to added, though, i believe well yeah, yeah so th- this if was like got...
2: six months ago or so maybe maybe I, more
0: i did the same thing you did
2: yeah when they rolled it out to Phoenix, like, we were in like the second set of cities, So I was all over it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a cord cutter. So let me go check it out. And then, at the time, I just, the value wasn't there for me. But now, yeah, sure. Maybe it's different. Red, I'm like Vincenzo. Like I'm not their demographic for red, but um, there's plenty of shows on YouTube for free that, you know what they did? They got me paying the other way because they still so, like, subscribe to get rid of the ads right basically basically youtube red it's it's youtube red but like for me that wasn't the offering the offering was to get rid of the ads 10 bucks a month right ad free right and you have access to youtube red original content i don't care about that so i did this the trial was for three months last summer i could not pass that up three month trial ad free and guess what hooked hooked like I, the three months was up, and I'm like, "Well, it's only ten bucks a month, and I can't go back to watching ads on YouTube when I'm <laughs> watching these shows." Like, like I, you know, hot ones. Th- there's content like that, like hot ones on First We Feast channel where they bring in the celebrities and he interviews them while they eat ten different levels of hot wings. Like, that is a fascinating show. There's how many other shows like that on there that are, that are free? They're yeah. free. So, yeah, the content. TV shout problem. out.
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean mean, even even today my daughters were we were watching Kids Bop on the Apple TV YouTube app and like they got furious that there was a commercial like that ad came up and my, my middle daughter just like looked at me like stomped on the ground and said what in the world is going on? Like, you know, And I'm not paying for, for red right now, right? But I, I do love that idea of no of no ads. And then this is also kind of a perfect segue and we've we went Facebook long, so I'm gonna kind of bring a couple of these other features into this kind of uh, rapid fire kind of in, in a way like, you know, Instagram is allowing hashtags and usernames to link out. Uh, LinkedIn just added some new video f- filters and text overlays uh, to their platform. The other big news with YouTube is YouTube is allowing you to go live from your desktop now you don't have to use a, a third-party yep. app you don't have to use just the phone so I'm curious from your guys and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this end of this, this uh, show. And I'll probably, we, this is a lot of fun for those that are listening and watching live. uh, You know, let me know uh, how much you're enjoying this type of content. I, I can, I know I can rope these guys back into uh, some future episodes as well. But when you're looking at all this video, if it's live video, if it's produced video, YouTube's allowing live from desktop. I mean, Vincenzo, you said it earlier. I couldn't agree more. Nobody has figured out video. Video is still kind of a hot mess. YouTube, in my opinion, still owns the the video platform from a digital perspective because they've figured out creators. They're they're the second largest search engine. Owned by the first largest search engine, um, but also Google sucks at social media as a whole. And they now, you know, are adding li- the live broadcasting functionality. I think one of the biggest problems YouTube has is nobody goes to YouTube for live content today. So you're going to see a lot of people confused when there's more live streams up there. But you have uh, and Vincent, I'm going to get you into LinkedIn because you and I have the debate on LinkedIn. But Vincenzo, what are your thoughts? Like, if everyone's doing video, kind of haphazardly right now, which what it seems like, what are your thoughts on like, where does this, how does it shake out or for the, for the audience that's listening right now and they're like, shit, you just told me that I have to go all in on video. I mean, I preach video every freaking episode. I mean, 91 or 81% of the internet traffic by 2020 will be video. You need to press the damn button, but where should people be be pressing the damn button? What should they be worrying about Vincenzo in this state of crazy feature adding nonsense live produced stuff that's going on?
0: Well, first, I'll say that. Let me just say one thing to that comment. You're, it's a very good question, but I will say this: the word "video" does not indicate where you're doing it. Um, the word "video" is is simply like it's it's a a medium, and so you can do that anywhere you'd like. And that's what's a, that's what's very confusing to a lot of people. They think, oh, I have to go do Facebook. I have to go do. Twitter or, oh, now Snapchat. Um, Snapchat is video. Instagram is video. Uh, LinkedIn is video. Twitch is video. Commercials are video. Television is, Netflix is video. All these things are video. Amazon Prime is video. Fa- you know, whatever, YouTube. So Vimeo, Vimeo is a great place if you don't really want anyone to see it and you're just like building a portfolio or something, you know. YouTube is if you want it to be searchable and cool. But so video is not really the problem. It's I think maybe problem is not the right word, but what we need to focus on or what individuals or creators should focus on is just get really good at it, you know, do it. And so, yeah, is it hard to do it on YouTube because you're going to get five viewers for six months? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people get A lot of people get discouraged because like oh i've got 50 views and i've been youtubing for two years keep doing it or maybe your content sucks like there's something not happening right and so (laughs) yeah
1: yeah you need to buy buy vlog like a boss or listen to episode five of the show with uh vincenzo's wife on there (laughs) I agree. Enzo, but here's the here's the thing, okay? If they're pushing the button, they're getting frustrated on YouTube. They hear all of us marketers, me included, saying, you know, LinkedIn video is amazing for me at the moment. I'm absolutely loving LinkedIn video. But I am also one that's been this show right now is being broadcasted on Facebook. I've made the I've made the the motion for myself that by episode 75, I'm going to stop broadcasting this show on Facebook live and I'm going to move it to YouTube live for my own personal. uh, I want to really attack the YouTube live platform individually. But if if you're out there, like where, when you're, when you're audience, when you're looking at strategies, are you looking at, at people saying, Hey, let's get good at video first and then, you know, figure out a strategy of where to place it or where, where do you see this? Because every one of these platforms is begging people to put their video on there.
0: It's a double-edged sword, right? Because, or it's not really, maybe not a double-edged sword, but it's it's a kind of a two-way street for for some people. Because if it's brands, well, they don't have time to get good at it. They need they they want to jump right in, and oftentimes they have the money to jump right in. So they'll hire somebody, like my my crew. will we'll come in and we'll, we'll work with you. So your video should should be good at that point. Content is a whole other story. Like you need to work on that. But I will say. Pick a platform that makes sense for your audience. And this is what people get so darn like uptight over. It's like they're not paying attention to where their audience is. They're not paying attention to who's actually watching, when they're watching. I was actually talking to um, a potential client about like just understanding when their audience is watching and understanding like that they can actually see that information and they were literally, I watched their mind blow up. And like that, that was nothing crazy that I, you know, it wasn't like Dalmondo level live video stats, or like it was nothing in-depth. It was simply, oh, you know, you can go into like your back end of your face, because it was the question was specific about Facebook. I was like, you can literally see when people are watching, the demographic of people watching, like you can do that. And they were like, really? And so when people don't understand who their audience is, they tend to just say, "I gotta go everywhere because I need to go and try to like reach them in every single space." And yes, I know Brian, like you love you like to go everywhere, but you're different, right? So people come to us and say, "Well, Brian, you're creating everywhere." Well, Brian's a whole, totally different ball game than the the typical creator who's trying to create maybe monetize that. So understanding the community you've built, the audience you've built. Um, it is the first and foremost. And so when you go and create, when you go and click that button and you go and start doing it somewhere, wherever somewhere is, you already know who's watching, you know, Amy, Amy's a really, really firm believer in creating video for one person. And that's like, that's how she got her start in video was creating it for the bride to be at the wedding. She was in, you know, 10 years, 12 years ago, whatever it was at this point. And so, Hey, Tara's in the house, Del Mondo. Uh, we love Del Mondo and Nick and everybody there. But she created video for one person and then everybody was touched. And it was like, hmm, there's something to this. You know, when you know that I'm talking directly to Brian Fanzo and that's the only person I care about talking to in my video, he's my whatever demographic. Well, there's a lot of other Brian Fanzos out there they're going to watch. Now I'm building up an actual community that knows how to, that's going to watch my video. So, yeah, pushing the damn button is really important and getting really good at it is important and staying consistent is really important. But before all of that happens, you have to know who you're talking to. I can't just show up and, like, I'm going to start making video for, like, and I don't understand it. That's, and you know what? It's not, it shouldn't be discouraging to small creators or small brands because the big brands, the multi billion dollar brands, my clients that are multi-billion dollar clients, they still don't get it. You know that They're no. still not getting it across the board. And so that's why I'm saying no one gets it. No one's doing it right. I mean, there's, there are people doing it right. Let me get that straight. Um, but that's why as a whole it's not being done right. And that's why we keep seeing apps popping up that are doing video. We keep seeing different places to put your video. We keep seeing different ways to make video. Oh, it's easier now. It's this. Like you were talking about YouTube getting... Uh, the desktop version of live, you know, that's going to make it easier. Does it mean we're going to get better content? No, it's just it's making it more available. You know, now people don't have a, an excuse to, to not go live on YouTube. Doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be any good.
1: No, and I love, and, you know, and my audience on this show knows that, you know, like for me, uh, I chase the shiny objects. I'm on all platforms so that I can present the the options back to the audience so that they can pick which ones to focus on, right? Like I, I and I am, I'm always the one to say, like, don't follow my example because that's kind of how I've built my model. And Vincent, you've always been really good at, um, I would say you kind of, You 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 listen and watch what I'm doing or watch what a lot of the bleeding edge is doing, but you will you'll take kind of a a passive approach sometimes to the bleeding edge, or you'll once you're there, i.e. Snapchat, you kind of lock yourself in and say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this bad boy out. And I you know I really appreciate uh, your insights from a you know small business side of the house around. Things like Snapchat, or when you you challenge me on LinkedIn and say, "Hey, that's all great, but who the hell's watching it?" And are those people watching it non-marketers and those things? So, Vincent, from your side, you know, you you working with brands. I got to sit down with you know the co-founder of your company uh, as well when I was in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of that conversation was like, "I want to help my clients." Be where it freaking works. I don't care about where marketers are talking about things that are happening, but I want to be places where things are work. What are, what's, your, what's your thought on this? And, and I love, you know, it's kind of, it's nice. We have, we have the producer, we have the crazy shiny objects, and then we kind of have a, a realist that, you know, makes sure small businesses aren't wasting uh, every penny. What are your thoughts? I mean,
2: I I try, I try. It does, you know, it's for better or worse. It's, it's, it's hard, man. You guys know, you've, you've worked with, with some small businesses in your time too. It's like, and you know, small businesses and you are also, you've, you've been small businesses or you are a small business. So you, the money, you got to go with what's working or try to figure out what's working. And so you're not wasting it. Um, It's not always easy. The stuff you think is going to work may not work. And now what do you do? Okay. we got to come up with something else. Um, so I I don't know, man. I I with with the video thing. So like LinkedIn, right? One thing here's one thing I do want to clear up. I we here's what we disagree on. I don't even know if we actually disagree on this. With LinkedIn video, my disagreement is is the whole like the terming them as innovative. I I don't know that you do that, but people that that are doing that out there, I just. I don't get it because everything that they've done to this point, they're behind the eight ball, to be honest. Um, compared to everybody else. There they're still like basic things. Like I, I'll harp on this until they do it, but I can't manage a brand, a LinkedIn brand page on the app. Right. <laughs> like, right. like stuff like that, right? Um, and then the the bigger picture though for them is great. They have video, like I'm all for it. I used it the other night at a at a meetup. And put a piece of video up there. It was like 30 seconds long. And it was a hot topic. Uh, happened to be blockchain. Uh, that was on LinkedIn. Like that is a very super hot topic on LinkedIn. And for sure. it's got 1,100 views, right? Like 1,100 views in like a day or two, which for me, I mean, that's that's big. Like I have a I have a good size network on there, a couple thousand. But 1,100 views on a video on there, on, a, on any post on there is, is Good, good size for me, um, and so that brought attention to our brand too because I I shared it from our our company page, all that stuff. Trying to take advantage of it, um, but the fact that it's the video itself, like I'm all for it. I'm all for LinkedIn doing video. I'm waiting for them to do the live video. Like, yeah, do it. Bring it. Bring it there. Why not? Put it everywhere. Um, but they're not they're not innovative. They're just, and this has been going on for a couple of years. They're basically just trying to be business facebook like sure. with everything that they have they've been implementing it feels like like facebook the things that facebook has done over the last couple of years and then and then linkedin has done almost identically so like like facebook is copying snapchat at times well a lot of times and then and then linkedin copies facebook but no one cares like no no one's talking about it um
1: as far well, as like this, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, and yeah. that's a good point too, because they're, I mean, like even the algorithm right now at this moment, they're, they're just using Facebook algorithms, 2009. I mean, it's the plus one system. Like if I plus one Vincent orleks content on that day, everybody yep. that follows me will see Vincent's content in their feed. And then if one, you know, it's that plus one, plus one. And, you know, and I, and I dove really deep into like LinkedIn video. Also why I think, you know, a lot of video is, is. You know, it's an interesting play right now. I talk about, you know, you know, video blogs versus vlogging a podcast and all this side. And I agree with you, Vincent. Like, I think not calling LinkedIn innovative, but there also is a time and place for people to remember that video, the power in video is that you understand your audience, right? Vincenzo, like not only understand Absolutely. them, but you're willing to listen and provide what they want. I mean, the reason I love video is it's really hard to fake, really hard to automate it with bots and call it community. Uh, just kidding. Um, uh, but you know, it's really hard to outsource. like you really have to you have to put up or shut up. You can't sell unicorns and rainbows. you can't do things like if you do, you get exposed. But I also think there's a this weird space of like Facebook not having search LinkedIn, I, I, and I love the LinkedIn video concept, but it it only works off of my personal account. So whenever I talk to a brand, they're like, well, Brian, yes. that means I need to get my CEO to upload a a, a ten minute video to there and I'm yep. like, All right. Well, valid point. You're not the entrepreneur that's running a business like myself. Right. Like, so I I agree with that. All of that. Right. Brian, Brian, The fact that you so real quick, like,
2: I I don't the fact that you said that, like, I don't I don't see the issue with that. Like, yeah, you you Um, should have have um, on LinkedIn, like have the person, the CEO, that's who the people want to hear from. So, yes, have that person, whether it's a video of themselves. I mean, it doesn't have to be live It doesn't have to be overly produced but
1: yeah make a cool little video with the ceo why not no i i agree completely and i think the problem is we still you know a lot of people still look at linkedin as the place where you go for you're looking for a job or you're looking to hire somebody and it's definitely right. not that um i don't think of it as extremely innovating i do like where they're going i think they have a, a very interesting content play i will say for me uh personally i do get a majority of my business leads um, through that platform because of like, who I'm targeting. But to Vincenzo's point, it's because I know my audience. The video, what video I post on LinkedIn and how I cut the video and which segment of my keynote that I put on LinkedIn is because... I know who on that platform I want to watch it. I right. even shape my, my my titles so that it gets there in front of those people. So, guys, I mean, I love this conversation. I had like five other things <laughs> I was going to talk about with uh, social media news. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop with that as far as going into any of these other things because I think the audience not only got a, a full hour's worth of, of quality content here, but there's so much going on. So I'm going to give each of you kind of like a minute Give us like something that you're excited that your brand's working on something that you got, you guys are doing that, you know, kind of will get the audience excited. Maybe to either check you guys out or to think about doing that themselves. And uh, Vincent or like, I'll let you do it first since the sun is sitting there and beautiful. Yeah, you know, It's getting dark you're, out here you're going out in the dark.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, man. Thanks. I, like I said, I'm with addicts all branding, um, social media director. We do branding plus social. So come to us for the branding. And then, We will continue on down the social media marketing road and more than that too. Um, So as far as like being excited about stuff, I'm, I'm actually excited to see Snapchat. We didn't get to this topic, but it's cool. Um, Next time Snapchat actually starting to do the things that they can do on the advertising side with the location-based advertising that just all this stuff just came out today. Go look, go look up Snapchat in the news and you're going to see like, like three different articles on ad week alone. About all this, so go check it out. Snapchat is not dying or dead. The Rihanna thing sucked. I'm not a fan of that um, <laughs> at all. Um, but these platforms all do kind of crappy things. So um, I think Snapchat's here to stay, and and I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. I know people think that. I just love the platform, and I think there is a lot of value in it for the right the right um, brand and company.
1: And for those that are listening here, I will have Vin, you know Vincent's uh, information links in the show notes. Uh, give Vincent a follow. He also is very uh, humble, so he won't talk about. He's doing amazing things with the community, startup community in Phoenix, Arizona. With Yes Phoenix, there's also a podcast um, that actually he had me on one of the podcasts when I was. Yes. In a years ago. I will drop that link to that podcast um, in the show notes as well. Um, check him out. Also, I mean, someone that that is fully dedicated to. Startup community fully dedicated to his audience. Uh, Vincent, you are to me one of the the best humans in this social media industry. It's an honor to call you a friend. And I think people, you know, I enjoy your take on Snapchat because it's real, it's honest. And even if, even if you're, you know, you're in, in it for the long haul, I look at your. Uh, take on Snapchat with a much more authority than uh, someone else that you know maybe has a, a larger microphone and, and likes to talk about it a lot more. But uh, Vincent, you're the man. Thank you for for jumping on with me. Thanks, man. Uh, Vincenzo Landino, uh, Columbus. The sun's the sun already set there before we started. But I, I, yeah. I know you're 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 the bachelor for the weekend. But uh, give us a little bit. What's what's af- what's in the mark with, with what's in the mark with Aftermark? Uh, what's in the works with Aftermark? And um and what can people uh, catch up on?
0: Uh, we are, we're, we are just cruising through the year right now with a lot of projects. Uh, my favorite one is the one that we're working on with SAP. It's uh, called life at Ryan Sonnenberg was watching, uh, go check out sap.com forward slash life at, it is a look behind a multi-billion dollar company's clients. So it's not about them. It's about their customers. Uh, It's really, really cool. Some cool stuff we're doing. And it's just, it's getting better. So you you talk about, this is really quick. You want to talk about getting better at video, right? And how like, it's not, like, how do you do that? SAP has really allowed us to get better uh, with, you know, in terms of of just putting more into this, investing more into the series. And so a really big thank you to Ryan Sonnenberg at SAP for allowing it to happen. That's happening and um, we are doing that all year again as we did last year and go check out Amy dot or actually Amy it's a new it's her new website but uh, yeah hire my, hire my wife uh, it's official to, to come speak yeah it's official she has a website <laughs> with my last name um, yeah amylandino.com. bring her in she is will be the best speaker at your event company event or you know any corporate event, trying to get her out there a lot more as well, some more international stuff. So if you're listening or watching and you need a speaker to talk about video, Amy Landino, Amylandino.com.
1: Love it. And I love it. And if you guys want to listen to more about with Amy Uh, about Amy's book, Vlog Like a Boss, episode 15 of this show is the one I had Amy on. Um, And I I could not agree more with uh, that comment about Amy. Uh, Her and I are actually teaming up on something fun this summer together with a little workshop in in, in the middle of the country uh, and a big fan of everything she's doing. Also that Life At series. Uh, I've been involved working with SAP for a long while. And it's amazing when you have change agents like Ryan that are able to to take and get this adoption and get buy-in across the board um, and and work with great creators that get the company, but also get the change agent. And so there's a lesson, uh, there's probably a use case that Ryan and and Enzo need to sit down on video and just talk about uh, how, how you make this happen. Because as much as we like to talk about all these platforms and everything that's going on uh, the really, the way that we, that we make it work is that you need great creators, great producers, great, Uh, you know, agencies that are out there, but you also need, you know, there's great leaders inside of the brand and brands that are willing to realize that people don't give a crap and they don't trust your logo. They don't care about how long you've been in business. They care about your people. They care about your people's stories, your customers' stories. And there's no better way to do that than video, putting social media out there and getting that out out ahead. So uh, Vincenzo, thank you, my friend, as always. Everyone who's listening to the show, Yeah, uh, thank you for checking it out. Do do me a favor, check out the show notes for for links to these two guys, two of uh, my favorite humans. Uh, I'm very thankful to call them uh, good friends, far outside of the social media marketing space, but also guys that I can have a, a debate with at 7:30 at night and say, hey guys, you want to jump on my podcast? And 30 minutes later we jump on and and now you know I I say thank you to uh, Vincent's wife for probably allowing the meal <laughs> to be cold. Uh, I know I saw uh, Marissa was in here watching He's for a little there. bit, but you know he has he has a young uh, young Daughter, as well as an older daughter at home, and uh, you know, sacrificing uh, your evening to uh, give this community a little bit of uh, your insights and view. Uh, Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody who's watching live. Uh, As always, this is episode 67. Episode 67. uh, We'll have a new episode out uh, next week, and then I'm going to take this show on the road for a couple weeks at a couple live events. So uh, stay tuned on that side. Thanks for tuning in on Facebook Live. If you want to watch this live in the future, Facebook.com slash iSocialFans. Until next time, I will have more guests unless you tell me this type of content was not good and then I'll just blame the guests. But uh, either way, I will uh, hope you guys will tune in for a future episode. Cheers, make it a good one. Thanks, guys.